and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we return to the Merry Wives of Windsor. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com forward slash Productions. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod on Twitter. And now, on with the show. Disappointed that I'm not going to Jersey this month. Not because, uh, you know, New Jersey. I don't really want to fly into Newark again. Um, actually, I didn't want to drive a rental car into and out of Newark again. Um, no, I was going to see my friend Chuck, who I have not seen since back in my college days, who we were in Plastic Shatners together. Because mm. he lives in New York City, which is right across New the bridge. New York City? Yeah. Pick up the face. Um, right across the bridge, so we were going to get together and have some beers, and that's what I'm disappointed about, you know, my New York, or my New Jersey trip uh, being postponed, I guess. Not necessarily canceled, postponed. Postponed. Because it would have been nice to see him. I haven't seen Chuck in probably, you know, 15, 16 years. Are you doing the Shakespeare, the uh, reunion show? Uh, probably not. I don't think I am either. I work Saturdays, and... Well, I didn't realize it was coming up until I just started seeing things about it. I said I was going to go, and then I realized that there's a 20-year difference between me and some of the kids. Like, right? Well, I, I mean, I I went, uh, was it last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, last year, and there was a kid that could have been my child. He was He was 18 years younger than me. Had I made different choices... Had I had I, had I fathered a child in my my freshman year of college, he could have been my child. That's how much older I was. All right, combining the cheesecake with the jazzy bar, good good call. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm. The first DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff. So Heidi shared a thing on Facebook. It's mm-hmm. Harry Potter, the houses when they're sick, and I feel personally called out by the first sentence of the Ravenclaw one. Mm. Absolutely. Which is makes themselves lots of hot tea even though they hate how it tastes. Yep. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> um, let me read you Slytherin for a second. Sleeps for 12 hours straight, lives off of toast and chicken noodle soup, walk, soup walks them around everywhere with a blanket over their shoulders. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that, that's me when I'm feeling fine, so I don't see a difference here. <laughs> then you complain loudly about being sick the entire time you're sick. Mm-hmm. I can't breathe, but that's all I remember from you being sick at work. <laughs> Probably, I can't breathe, Beth. I can't, I can't breathe. You're the loudest sick person I know. You can't breathe. That's not true. That's, yeah, you're right. My husband and I are both sick at the same time this time. Mm. I just like it when we get colds at the same time because I can't just fall into my cold because his man cold is so strong. Well, obviously. That it outweighs any actual cold I might have. Mm-hmm. And even when I'm like, oh, man, I've had this cold for a while and it's hurting the back of my throat because it's just sinus drainage. My cold's just right here. It's just right here. This little middle band on my face. When I... One of the days that I called him while we were down to Dayton, 
He's like, oh, my throat hurts. I'm like, oh yeah, mine has been too for like a week. Take some ibuprofen, it will help. Okay. Next day, we talked. Like, my throat hurts. And did you take the ibuprofen? No, I just got a sore throat. <laughs> but I told you how to fix it. The funny thing Check is... Check yourself, Greenlee. So, okay, so... so <laughs> Does he also do this where he says... No, no, I will say, hey, baby, you feeling okay? She's like, no, I'm sick. It's like, have you taken anything? No. Maybe you should take Check something. yourself, Greenlee. He hadn't even said anything, so you preempted... He gave me a look. Well, you probably deserve it. Let's give her a look at the same time. I take medicine when I'm sick. We all three gave you a look because we don't believe you. I do. I take medicine yeah, when I'm sick. You definitely take medicine when you're sick. You also wait like an extra day and a half. Got to get it real good in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Got to <laughs> wait for right, okay. it. Like, so. I'm like, like, camp. Where I'm like, hmm, I got a scratchy throat and a bit of a sneezy sneezy. Let's Theraflu the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. But Theraflu is nasty. Not <laughs> the pods. I like the Theraflu pods. The worst thing, the worst scientific study that could have ever been done, by the way, speaking of men and colds, is that scientifically, apparently colds hit men harder, which just gives men more impetus to whine even more when they're sick. (laughs) I don't like laying on the couch going, I can't breathe, can you bring me some tea? Which I cannot begrudge him because every morning when I come downstairs, I sit down on the couch and he brings me my cup of coffee. Mm. So I have to get him the tea because he's an amazing husband. <sighs> yeah, it sucks to your asthma, piggy. Yeah. I don't know what you just said. I was quoting one of my least favorite books. Okay, which book? Lord of the Flies. Mm. But yeah, we're all looking at you, Cassie. Like we don't believe you. Just like I... pretend. No, pretend you're Mistress Ford, and we're all <laughs> Mister Ford. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll be Mistress Ford in this play. We don't believe you, but you should. Yeah, but yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem with that with that play is that in the end she's right. Yeah, but it's this time she's true. wrong. This time she's wrong. So you know you're false. Okay, fine, you're false. That you know what's worse than your wife cheating on you? You accusing your wife of cheating on you when she wasn't. That's pretty bad. Yeah, but... I have been <laughs> chucked upon. But... I don't know what she threw at you, but, but you deserve it. Potato, okay. potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. All right, well... Speaking of... Are we doing this thing? Let's talk about this play again. So, Merry Wives of Windsor. But I swear to God, I'm never talking about this play after we're done. <laughs> it is garbage. Hot garbage. And this is the Shakespeare podcast. Talking about... Merry Wives of Hot Garbage. I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Beth Roars. Cassie Greenley. Chase Greenley. And Merry Wives of Windsor is not our favorite play. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are funny parts. There are some very funny parts on this. There are parts that I would put on as a one-act play. Mm. And in fact, I think there's one, a one full act of decent play in this. And it's anytime Mistress Ford and Mistress it's Page, Ford and Page yeah. mis- the mistresses, are talking yes. together and actively playing tricks on John Falstaff. I enjoy it's, it. It's, it's best when they're just the two of them. Yes. But when it's just the two of them, it, the play is at its best. And um, that's disappointing. Not that I'm not that I'm not thrilled that two female characters get to really have the best part of this show, 
It's just that why is the rest of the writing of this play not as good as when those two are together? Maybe it is designed that way to make it so much more apparent how much smarter these women are than every male figure in the play. The women in this play are so much smarter than their male counterparts. Uh, yes. Except for... But Mistress Quickly. Mistress Quickly. Mistress Quickly gets into some scrapes (laughs) by trying to play all sides. She writes checks her ass can't cash. But she really is of a class that she can't say no to these people when they're asking her for something anyway. And that's, that's one of the reasons that I say Mistress Quickly in this is for sure not the same. Mistress Quickly in Henry IV Part 1 and Part 2 owns a fucking tavern. Yeah. Why the fuck is she a doctor's assistant in bumfuck Windsor when yeah. she used to own a tavern in London? The tavern business is not lucrative because John Falstaff left. <laughs> so she followed him here? Follow the money. Follow the money. He doesn't have any money. Exactly. That is the problem. It was just a stack of IOUs. So if we're talking She's about to collect. Th- this kind of dovetails nicely with one of our perpetual pins on the wall, which is the agency, the agency of, of women. women. Yes, it does. And, and here in this play, we actually have some. There yeah. are females with agency. Not only with agency, but who are directing the course of yep. everybody else's actions. Yeah, they direct the course of the events of the play. Yeah, Yes. there. I mean, there's not a lot of good stuff going on in the play, but the stuff that is funny, the stuff that is ingenious... Centers around... Centers around the women. The women are pushing the men to do stuff instead of the men pushing the women to react. And I would love to see these two in a better play. Yeah. Just like Portia. Yeah. Can we throw these two and Portia together into a better play? I don't know. Portia's ring thing is really... Makes me fucking mad. But that's why I said we need to put her in a better play. In a better play. Where it may not... Where where that's... You know. You know. Portia and Mistress Ford and Mistress Page all playing tricks on their husbands were kind of dumb. Don't marry dumb men. Like, well, like, yeah, Mistress Page, I don't feel like married a dumb man. No, I like, I like Mr. Page. Well, Mr. 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 Page is great. He's like, my wife's not going to cheat on me. And, 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 and if this guy's going to even try it, she'll fuck him up. Because he doesn't, he can't take that kind of hurt. So I can't take that kind of hurt. I, He's like, I'm married to her and I can't, you know. And when like, I read that line, I did not take it the way you guys have taken it. And I like your way a lot better. Because I read that as, my wife doesn't even give me any. She's not going to give you any. Well, and that, that's that's partially in there. That's, so, that's partially in there, but at the same time, it's more of a... I read it as a, Jacob, like, Mistress Page is so cold, how cold is she? Not even John Falstaff can get in her pants. And yeah, that, I that, like this that, 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 like, that my wife's going to fuck you up. That might have been the spirit of it in, uh, at first, but I much prefer the other interpretation. Yeah, I'm going to interpret every it time, differently. Every time Ford's like, I don't know, Paige, our wives are going to cheat on us with Falstaff. And he's just like, um, maybe your wife will, but I know mine. That's not going to happen. 
You are incorrect. No, and that's what I that's what that's what I love about Mr. Page. Is that he's like I worry. Yeah, so I ain't scared. A lot of the times they talk about the virtue of women that it's a running theme in a lot of Shakespeare plays that the women have to be virtuous to a fault. Hero had to be virtuous to a fault or, That's or one die. Of the things that we've discussed, yeah. Yeah. Be virtuous or die. And these women are just like your silly, stupid letter could ruin everything. So we're gonna ruin everything about you. We're gonna get you beat up by a bunch of kids pretending to be fairies. Um, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you beaten were, and burned uh, by fairy children. I'm gonna get like, you thrown into a mucky riverbank and I'm gonna get you beat out the door as a witch by my husband. If I were directing this, I would cast like a crew of five year old children mm-hmm. as the children in that scene and just give them like nerf swords and tell them to go to town. Cut them loose. Mm-hmm. Cut them loose. Just go, just go wail on that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't even worry about blocking. Yo, little guys. Fuck him up. Fuck him yeah. up. And I like, honestly, I like, I like Anne Page too because she has agency in the end. She chooses. She makes. She makes, she makes the, the choice. choice. She's like, my dad wants me to marry that guy, and my mom wants me to marry that guy, and not only wants me to, but like has actively plotted to marry me in secret. They both have before yeah. the other yeah. one can. Like, like so she I'm wasn't gonna, gonna notice that she was getting dragged away to get married and would just be like, oh, I didn't know what that was, and I guess I'm married now, so here we go. She's like, uh, no, I'll wear red. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go marry the guy that I want to yeah. get married. Yeah. No, she was, she's just like her mom. Yeah. So, She'd have fucked him up. <laughs> this yeah. is, this play, and that, that is the good thing I can say about this play, and maybe this is why Scarlett likes this play, mm-hmm. is this play is, Women fucking with men who decide to get too big for their britches. And that is really the only redeeming quality of the play. Yeah, it's got some really strong, good female characters. Yeah. And, and I, actually, I and that, that I will give it. But yeah. man, the writing is bad for the most part. Yeah. And, and there are entire subplots. There are half of Act 4 is useless. Yeah. We skipped over it for the most part, except for there were going back like, oh yeah. And there are Germans in the inn. When there's Germans, they're swindling. They're swindling them and they're stealing chains. They're trying to swindle the Germans. But it like it comes back a little bit in that they tie up the pistol and them are doing things. How dare they? But other than but that, even even back. even you know like <sighs> It the, should be so much better. And 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 the fact that it's not lends credence to one of the legends about the play's writing is that Elizabeth loved the character of John Falstaff so much in 4-1 and 4-2 that she wanted Shakespeare to write another play that had Sir John in it and show him in love. Which it doesn't even show in this play. He's not in love. No, he's in. He's in money. Not even. He's not even in lust. He's has no real attraction to this woman. These women, except for the fact that he wants their money. Money. Well, the but that 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 she expected the play done in a fortnight, and Shakespeare delivered, and he delivered a steaming pile of hot garbage with a couple of redeeming. with a couple of redeeming qualities. Yeah. 
The Pelican Shakespeare version, which is the one that I, I read for this, has an interesting introduction that makes a couple kind of thought-provoking points, which is it says that this play was very well received when it was being performed. Like, the audiences loved it. Because well, hijinks and slapstick and... Well, and it's also, it's, it's also one of his only plays that's Elizabethan. Yeah. Set in an Elizabethan time frame. Yes, it's supposed to be John Falstaff, who existed in the time of Henry V. But like I said earlier, there's only one line in the entire play that pertains to any of them having any tie to Henry V. And it's not even Falstaff. Yeah. It's Fenton. What about this? But, Highlanders. No. No. And they're not, they're not Dracula's either. Ah. Oh, they're all but Dracula's. The, I forgot about the Dracula's. <laughs> all Dracula's. They're all Dracula's. Um, but the other point that they made was, you know, it was well received by the audiences, but this is one of the plays that has been, like, the worst received by critics and academics in the time following. And a lot of it does go back to that... Um, notion of these characters that shared names with the characters that we saw in Henry IV, but don't share the same sort of characteristics. They don't share the soul of the characters. And so the, gone. the question that is raised is, would this play be better received by more modern readers if the names were completely different? If it's Sir Tony. Well, originally... Uh, John Falstaff was uh, was named Sir John Oldcastle after an old knight. Yeah, but if we didn't read Falstaff, Nim, Bardolph, yeah, Pistol quickly, and and expect those characters that we've seen in these other plays, if we didn't read those names that they had completely different names, would we be more open to accepting the play without picking I mean, it apart quite so much? If the writing was a little bit better, yes. Okay. I mean, overall, the writing is not great. No. If you take- and so that, that in and of itself, but as far as, like, you could have a lot of fun with this play, there's a lot of, like, the right director could do some seriously good things with this, but I, like, I, like, I, I stand firm on believing that it is not John Falstaff. The character is not the same, and I don't, I don't believe that Quickly is the same. I don't believe Pistol, Bardolph, Nim are the same. They are not the same. They don't have the same soul as they do in Henry the Fourth. I feel like there's not a lot of soul behind the three tertiary characters, anyway. No, but at least, at least there's more to them in Henry the Fourth Part One. They care more about John Falstaff, if nothing else, than mm-hmm. Henry Four One. Would you care about him if he kicked you to the curb? Also, John Falstaff wouldn't have kicked them to the curb. He just would have promised to pay them later. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't have fired them. He'd just been like, please stick around with me. The money will come. Eventually there'll be another war. I'm working on it. Yes, I'm working on it. Checks in the mail. Yep. It'll be at your house when you get home. So I think, Ryan, when you say that it's not the same, fall staff. I think you're willing to acknowledge that maybe it's... to be. It's oh no, it was I think it was maybe intended to be. It's arch- archetype you know, archetypally or archetypically or whatever the fuck the word is. I'm too drunk for that right now. Um supposed to be mm-hmm. Is John Falstaff an archetype? Is, oh, he, the, bumbling, yeah, he, is he, the bumbling old knight an archetype? Oh yeah, most certainly. Yeah. But for me this well, felt like, like Go ahead. No, Go ahead. Yeah. 
Um, there's a, a children's book series called 39 Clues mm. um, that Rick Riordan started. And each volume in the series is written by a different author, which is always interesting because it's the same characters throughout, but it's different authors who have the handling of them. And most of the time, because I read this series, because I'm a children's librarian, um, and most of the time the authors do a pretty good job, but there's one author in particular where I can't, his, his books bother me so much because Characters I'm reading it going, are. you have the same name, you have the same occupation, but you're acting completely differently than you've ever acted in any of the other books. Like you're missing that heart. You're missing that. Like you're not this person. Yeah. It's supposed, you're supposed to be this character, but you're, you're not acting like them at all. And I kind of got the same sense from this. Yeah. The fat bumbling old knight is definitely like a, a, a trope. It's like a bad fan fiction. This yes, this is that's what this is. <laughs> Can you write if you write your own fan fiction? Is it still fan fiction? I don't know, Cassie. Is it? Yes. Can yeah, you I, think if you, I think it's fan fiction, Cassie. I think if you, I think if you fanfic your own shit, then yes, it's still fanfic. <laughs> but um, but that's what it feels like. It feels like no, bad fan fiction. One hundred percent agree with that. the 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 soul of the character is not there. Maybe Shakespeare didn't write this one. Maybe Queen Elizabeth wrote this one. <laughs> Maybe Whoa. this is the one Devere wrote. <laughs> this, is, this is Queen Elizabeth's fanfic. She Queen wrote Elizabeth's fanfic. Well, the language is different. Mm-hmm. The use of language in this play is different than any other play he's written. Because it is, for the most part, in prose. Entirely in prose, yeah. Yes. And, um, and like I said, this is the one that is so Elizabethan. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason the audiences at the time probably really enjoyed it because all the references were modern. To it's not them. bloody enough to be Elizabethan restoration or. But but it definitely like it was. There's no hint that it's set in any other time period than the time that they were living. No, there's not, and it also is the setting though. That, like a setting could go anywhere. But it's also it Windsor Castle. There's a lot of references. The, the Garter Inn, you know, reference to the Order of the Garter, which was 1597. Um, you know, like there's reference, there's the one German that's referenced in this was a German uh, from 15. Uh, Germans? Was, yeah. but entered, would, would, entered the Order of the Garter in 1597. Yeah. Like there's evidence that this play could have been first performed, though it was not published until 1602, could have been first performed in April. Of 1607, or of 1597, at the Garter Festival. Like, he wrote it as a festival piece. Mm -hmm. This would play wonderfully as a festival piece. It's stupid and fluffy. And And Elizabeth, Elizabeth attended the Garter Festival in 1597. I'll believe it. But, one thing that screws that up potentially, as far as timeline wise, is means that the play was written between Henry four one and Henry four two, if that's when it was written. Well, think about the Henry Henry four two and Henry Henry five. Falstaff really takes a sharp dive. Well, Falstaff's not in five. No, at all. It just but pistols, Bardolph, Nim. But I mean, we did talk about. When we did Henry IV, too, we did talk about how Falstaff seems to kind of regress a little bit and rehash. He becomes less 
he, yes, in part one, he is more charming, mm-hmm. charismatic, a little bit smarter. Whittier. Still smarmy as fuck. Yeah. But overall... But if this play was written between Henry part one and part two, it could explain some changes in the idea of John Falstaff in Shakespeare's mind as he's writing it that would correlate to what we see mm-hmm. in Henry part well, and one of the one of the you know things that the detractors of the the Carter theory, as it would be, bring up is that well, Pistol, Nim, and Bardolph are new characters, and Henry for Part Two, mm-hmm. but they're established as Falstaff's companions in in this. And it's like, well, he came up with them when he was writing this, and then so put them yeah. in as Falstaff's companions in yeah yeah like if it any it falls very well that this would be in between the two time periods anyway between the two plays because you're after War One and before War Two mm-hmm. you've and you also have the fall you also have the falling out of Falstaff which happens in Four Two yeah and he's just off doing. God knows what. Who the fuck knows? I mean, don't leave your John Falstaffs unattended too long. They'll try to sleep with someone's wife. And so that's, that's one of the things that I think, you know, it, if, and I agree wholeheartedly, if these characters had different names, I would probably dislike this play less. Yeah. Like, I like the idea of the garter though, because it does really play into the decline of John Falstaff between the first play and the second play in a way I hadn't thought about. Because I, every time I've, because I've read Mary Wise of Windsor before and it's such a throwaway play. She's like, oh, haha, it's like a French parlor room. Well, and, but until, until, until you, so you have to think about it. You don't think about how yeah. Falstaff is completely different. No. Mm-hmm. Is he still a, is he still a bumbling fat old drunk knight? Yes, that that is true. Yeah, but he literally like he but bumbles he has, into Tartuffe's scenes and the bourgeoisie gentleman scenes, and he bumbles he's, into he's these not, scenes. He's not he's not the smart yeah false staff that mm-hmm. we know. Well, I guess it's it's a question for the Shakespeare time machine. Shakespeare time machine. When are you going to invent that chase? Working on it. Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. It'll be Checks there by the time. Won't in come the in mail. your mouth. You're such a... What? That's the other greatest lie I ever told. Checks in the mail. I won't come in your mouth. Okay. You made it weird. So, <laughs> you made it so weird. What else right do we there? want to address in this play? Because I don't want to address that topic. <laughs> uh, we can talk about adaptations. We can. There. Can we? There are no YA novels. Why? Hey. Stop it. <laughs> no. You're fired. <laughs> and there are no um, literary web series that I'm aware of. Although, fun fact, not related to Mary Wives at all, but related to literary web series. Um, there is a group right now that is working on a Macbeth uh vlog series. I hope it's that same group from New Zealand. It's not. Dang. Um, but they it are is funny. <laughs> they are. Um, but it is um Ashley Clements who is in the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um and she's playing the Lady Macbeth character. It's they're updating it, they're setting it in Silicon Valley. 
and it looks interesting. Um, and I they've got a Kickstarter, and I've backed it. And we should have April firsted. They missed their April first. Uh, oh, they did. We did. We did. They missed we their did. April first. That sucks, guys. Let's say we should do the Lizzie Bennett because I am not a fan of Lizzie Bennett Diaries. I really thought I would be. I really tried, but it's too divergent. And the things they diverge on, I think, are important. Not a fan. Anyway. I'm really mad at you guys for sea monsters, or sense of sensibility and we're, we're talking. We're talking about, well, nobody reminded us. Um, we're talking <laughs> about, I did remember the day before. We're talking were about adaptations. And actually, one, one place that this play has done really well. God, I hope you say Germany. Is operatic adaptation, that including makes, a German. That makes sense. Opera because Tartuffe is best done in its operatic version, and this is fucking Tartuffe. Um, you know, John, John Dennis um, adapted it in 1702. Changed the name. Oh, John Dennis. John Dennis. The Comical Gallant Ooh. as another play, but Comical Gallant makes more sense than you know. This is another play with Falstaff in it. Um, Salieri. We know Salieri. Wrote an opera, Falstaff. You know Salieri. I killed Beethoven. Mozart. But it adopts... Mm-hmm. It, 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 Mozart. Mozart. He killed Mozart. It adapt, adapts Crow. the Crow. the same, you know, the, the story of Mary Wives. Um, Balf wrote an opera called Falstaff. Uh, Carlotto Nikolai, a German fellow... Wrote a Schingspiel, which <laughs> is just, apparently it's just opera. a German opera. A Schingspiel. It's just Die opera. Lustigen Wiebert von Windsor. All right. Um, and then, of course, Verdi wrote his last opera was Falstaff. Do you know who else has gotten a lot of traction out of this? Hmm. Uh, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, because I have yeah. my spreadsheet up. It's true. Um, on my computer, and they have done this since their inception. They have done this 11 times, which is the same amount as Love's Labor's Lost and Othello. That's terrible. They have Someone done it, should fire them. They have done forever. it more often than Macbeth. Then they, somebody definitely needs to be fired. The, the Tempest. Oh, God. All right. And both Henry IVs and Henry V. So... When we're looking at it, let's look at it from a theater company's point of view. It would drive people in. It's a comedy. It's lighthearted. People get beat up in it. It's great. Children dressed as fairies. Children dressed as fairies. Same reason it played well back in the day. Same reason it played. And the same reason it will continue to play well. The same reason that eventually one of us will probably put it on at some point. Yeah. Man, the writing is so bad, though. You know what I would do, actually? Speaking of, because, you know, you're our, our YA, you know, you, you always have the adaptations over there. Yeah. And we were talking about how high school this is. True. This is actually the perfect play. So stop naming queens in the current book you're reading, writing, and start writing this YA adaptation. But this is the perfect play. She, she's like, I'm not interested in writing modern fiction shit. <laughs> But this is the perfect play to make it a YA adaptation because of how teen all of this is. Mm-hmm. The whole play is so high school. I don't know. I feel like I read the book Glass or Shattering Glass. 
And it feels a lot like what they did to Paul Staff in this. And then the guy just loses it. And, like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking okay. about. Well, you should read more YA fiction then. Especially ones about kids that are, um, I don't know, because if you do this to Falstaff the kid, where he likes somebody or says he's gonna like someone, and then you, uh, pretend that you're gonna date them, and pretend that you're gonna get together, but instead, uh, horribly humiliate him, it has really that's, terrible that's, connotations. That's pretty much yeah. every teen comedy ever. Yeah, and I'm telling you, it ends in the book Shattering Glass, where he flips his shit and murders people. Yeah, I feel like I don't think I the reason it's okay that this happens to Falstaff in the play is because Falstaff should really know better by this point. Yeah. If you do it to a kid, like, yeah, it's a shitty kid, but most kids are shitty because they don't know any better. Yeah, I don't think this one lends to why it. I, 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 I disagree. As as, like, like, you'd have to find the right particular trope to make him. And if you made him, like, the older jock who's past his prime a little bit or make him like the Matthew McConaughey character from Dazed and Confused um, who's trying to like all get right, back right, 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 right. right. he's trying to get back in with the high school kids and he's like oh, send that one some letters and that one some letters and let's see who, who you know, comes I love to about, party I love about high school girls so I, I can see you do that but it would be the heck you get my letters yeah, you have to be very careful about which YA group you grab to make that. Or as opposed to as opposed there. to thinking too deeply into it, you make him the class clown, and he's a he's a, joke a anyway. show off and a joke anyway, and you make it actually funny, and you don't have kids dressed in fairy costumes and beat them with sticks. <laughs> What's the uh, point of the adaptation, <laughs> Ryan? What's the point? At that point, you're just going too far. You, know, you, know, you don't, you don't have to. You don't you have to. You know what? Here's, here's what I'm going with. Word the YA word. adaptation of this is actually Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> and Carrie is John Falstaff. Is Carrie an adaptation? No. She didn't even write it. Sissy <laughs> Spacek is playing John, John Falstaff. And at the scene in which the Page kids come out to, to beat him... It's actually um, that they, blonde jerk girl dumping pig's it's blood It's when they dump pig's blood on Sissy Spacek and she burns where, the school down. Where I feel it really deviates from the original text <laughs> <laughs> is, is when she uses her mind to shut the, shut the gym and burn everything down and when her mom starts screaming out about her dirty pillows. And I brought it back around to nipples. <laughs> because... Because John Falstaff doesn't ever display his mind powers. No. Which I really think is a failing of his. <laughs> really, it's a failing of William Shakespeare to not write in about John Falstaff's telekinesis. He was the first people. <laughs> is he patient zero? John, John Falstaff's the son of a bitch. <laughs> Bill Brasky. <laughs> I don't know why you went there. I still feel that Carrie is the best adaptation of Mary Wives at Windsor. <laughs> And I think I will argue that uh, with anybody who's willing. Just like uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, um, Scout's mom was a cannibal. Something, something, Boo Radley. I don't something, know. Something, I, I just, Boo I just something. Why else does Scott I just Scout, summoned, Scout I just dresses summoned, up as a ham for Halloween? I just because she Mike wants to be something scary, which is her Bradley. mom eating humans. <laughs> 
Clearly, clearly, I need to read this book again. You yeah, know. it's. I'll admit, I haven't read that book since the Bush administration, so I don't remember enough about it to prove you wrong. However, I'm eighty percent sure you are wrong. But there's twenty percent chance. That you're right. <laughs> so you're so saying there's, there's a, a chance. chance. This, by the way. This argument infuriates Michael Porteous more than anything else in the world because he can't refute it. Like I said, I said Boo Radley, so I, I've said it three times now, so Michael can bust yeah, it in at any, at any minute. <laughs> then it will be... Scout's dad didn't have to kill his mom because she was a cannibal. You're wrong! <laughs> it doesn't say it in the text. It's I'm not, reading, it's not I'm the reading text. between the lines. It's not in the text, Michael. Uh huh. Mary Wife's of Windsor, at best adaptation, is scary. <laughs> Scary. You know what? I'm not even gonna argue with you. No, you're no. gonna go with it. No, I'm not. I'm not agreeing. I'm just not gonna argue. You're not. Go- <laughs> so are you telling me that? Let, I'm now, letting you get away with it. Fast forward to Pork Button Brew Day. I bring up this particular adaptation. You're not gonna be like, oh yeah, she's right. Think about it. No, I'm gonna be too drunk to remember that you even talked about this yeah. in the first place. It's too bad. It's a pretty good. One. You know, I'll back you up. Sure, whatever you said. Yay! Yeah, carry. Mary Wives, Mary Carrie Wives of Windsor. <laughs> Carrie Wives of Carrie Windsor. Bradshaw Windsor. That's Sex in the City. You just lost. Them. Whatever. Carrie Underwood of Windsor. <laughs> She's gonna smash her car up. Bilbo Baggins of Windsor. Oh, uh, Mr. Under. That brings us to like the terrible false name of Brooks. <laughs> My name is Mr. Brooks. Except I can't hear Mr. Brooks without thinking about Kevin Costner murdering people. Oh, the deception in this is just so thin. <laughs> <laughs> there was they met an each attempt. O- they met each other in the first scene. They met each other. And then he's like, oh, I will go in disguise. I will wear these glasses. And a ponytail always works. Mm. Nobody can ever tell who I am. Glasses and ponytail. No, I'm, I am in disguise. Is Disco Dad. Is Disco Dad. <gasps> Disco Dad. Oh, Counterpoint. I would not recognize many of my colleagues outside of work attire. At least not on first glance. I would recognize all of my colleagues because I work with four people. Okay, Superman. All he has to do to confuse his fucking wife. I still say, look. Is wear a pair of fucking glasses. A good wife knows how to let a man think that he's being sneaky, sneaky when he's not. <laughs> and no, the only I'm, I'm Superman pretty, is Red Sun. I'm pretty sure that Lois is that daft. Is she, so she is Mr. Ford daft? Yes. She is Mr. Ford daft. There's a new level for stupidity. In Shakespeare plays. Mr. Ford Daft. Is Mr. Ford Daft. Mm. What's above Mr. Ford Daft? Airplane drunk. <laughs> <laughs> What's above Mr. Ford Daft? Who else is a really dumb character? There's so many. Uncle Pimpy. Uncle, oh. Pim- Uncle Pimpy's not dumb. Uncle Pimpy's oh. just creepy. We can make a whole nother list of creepy. That's Uncle Pimpy's creepy. Much creepy. For much ado, the guy. Dogberry? No, no. Dogberry's funny. Oh, Cassio. Yeah, Cassio. Yeah, Cassio is pretty, um, yeah, pretty stupid. From Much Ado? Much Ado. There's no Cassio in Much Ado. There's Cass... It's... Yeah, there is. There is. 
He's the ingenue. Who's the ingenue? What's the ingenue's name? Claudia. Claudia. Whatever his name. I played him and I can't remember oh. his name. <laughs> you know what? That's how forgettable that Cass- asshole Cassio's is. Cassio's from Othello. Yes, Cassio's from Othello. Which brings me to Othello-dome. Oh, yeah. Othello-dome <laughs> is up there. Okay, I'm, so- I'm going to murder you without even asking you what happened over a hand. Well, that brings us back to the Shakespearean problem of men not talking to their goddamn wives. So... We're gonna. I want to place a pause on this discussion entirely because at some point we do need to have the probably dual episode conversation of which Shakespeare characters are the dumb. What is the scale of dumb on Shakespeare characters? Put it. Put a pin in it. It's coming soon, folks. And Shakespeare. After like we do all the plays, Shakespeare. Well, the, we'll who's do, the dumbest? We'll do wives versus husbands. We'll do a dumbness scale. Well, we'll we, we still have a bunch of tragedies yeah. to do with there's, greatest villains. There's all sorts of like, oh my gosh, we got some good villains coming up. We do. Titus we has got some, some of my favorites. Uh, we still have some seriously good villains coming up. We have not done. Titus has nothing but villains. That's bad guys from wall to wall. It is. It's bad guys versus bad guys. Yeah. And Lavinia. And <laughs> well, and Titus. He's not a bad guy. Yes, he is. Hey, he, bullshit. Um, I'll fight everybody on that. Counterpoint <laughs> and possible spoilers. He bakes people into pies. That's, That's not a good not guy move. bad guy move. That's, That's a... retribution. Wait, stop, stop, stop. That's another thing for another day. That's diehard move. Because we're gonna not have bad to, guy. We're moves. gonna have to talk about if he's an anti-hero, if he is a bad guy, or if. His retribution is justified, and that's where, like, we still have more Henrys to get through before we can get to Titus. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> I, you promised me this is the last Henry. Well, there's still Henry VIII. Uh, Henry VIII, that and I. <laughs> it's not, the entire episode will not just be you singing the song by the Herman Herbits. You are incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still have to do Henry VI, Part One. Well, I mean that really part ties two. That song ties back into this John Paul staff thing. Three. No, there's too many Henrys. <laughs> um, but oh, three but more Henrys. For 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 all of for all of you listening in at home, we're definitely not doing three sets of episodes. No. For Henry the Sixth. No. Do you promise? I promise. It's too many Henrys. It may it may be like. Like three, maybe four episodes to cover the whole thing. It is long. Mm, that's a lot of Henry. <laughs> it is long, but t- there's no way we're doing Henry Four Part One as a two-parter, Henry Four Part Two, or Henry Six Part Two as a two-parter, and then Henry Six Part Three as a two-parter. That's just not going to happen. I don't care if Henry the Sixth is your favorite Shakespeare play. You're wrong. <laughs> I feel that you have become... Did you? We're just trying to get to Richard III. There is a blogger out there. His name is The Rape King. His mm-hmm. motto is, I'm right, you're wrong, shut up. I feel like that's the game you're playing here, but you keep saying about everything. No, I'm not. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just like doing that to you. So do we have... This is the reason why eye twitches. Do we have anything else to talk about? I have, I have, I have no more material. We're, really, we're so far tangent on this yeah, thing. Yeah. But really, I mean, we covered the plot, what there is, mm-hmm. and we talked about how they're not really the characters that they're supposed to be. The overarching themes of the play 
aren't really super in depth. It's it's really like trust your wives, and your wives are smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Our huge our huge positive takeaway is that there are good female characters yeah. in this play, and that's actually probably one of the many reasons that this play keeps getting done over and over again is that the characters are likable. Mm-hmm. Even John Falstaff and his idiocracy is still likable if if played properly. I mean, he's. Still a fun character. I will tell you, if I ever direct this, though, Slender is going to be super creepy, because he is super creepy to me. Just, yeah. like, slicked back greasy hair. Gross. But, okay. I mean, like... Thank you. There's, there's not a whole lot of depth to it, and it's sad that there's such great female characters pigeonholed into such a shitty play. They need a better play. We're gonna they do. Yeah. They deserve a better play. We're going to transplant them... They, they, you know, they need, they need a better play, a, a better play, just like Portia. We're gonna have to wrap this up, however, because Chase's head is about a half an inch away from the wall. Oh no, I think, I think we're. He's I think pretty we're there. close to falling asleep, and when the tech guy falls asleep, mm. it's dangerous. It, it is. is. It is. I don't know how to stop this thing. I assume it's the space bar. Space bar does everything. <laughs> it, ah, yes, you've learned the secret. I did while running the light booth for the village players. I learned just hit the space bar. There's a train coming. It's the end of the episode. Ooh, there's a train coming. <laughs> he he's dropping a neo scum reference in the middle of our Shakespeare podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what neo scum is, but it sounds terrible. It's a wonderful podcast, and Casey Tony's on it. I like Casey Tony. He's Everybody okay. likes Casey yeah. Tony. Okay. okay, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Shout out Casey Tony. It's we... too late at night for us to agree on things. It's fact. <laughs> I think we all agreed on Can it. we agree that we're done talking? I think we're done talking about yeah. this play. About we're this definitely play. done talking about this play. Are so. we ever actually done talking? So, no, Chase just stops recording. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what happens, is we're always here. <laughs> always Chase talking. is just only sometimes recording. Yeah, it gets weird sometimes, because they're just always here. Always. We don't watch. And that's Shakespeare. <laughs> I wonder I'm an adult. <laughs> you are an adult. Oh, that's unfortunate. You're a supervisor. I'm a, I'm a manager. You're a manager. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Rose. She's a manager. I'm a manager. I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Chase Greenlee. Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. What, Paul? <laughs> <laughs>